Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Shiva Baby, a movie that I have been looking forward to for a long time and it definitely did not disappoint. Joining me to talk about it is film critic Morgan Roberts, and uh, we get into a lot of interesting puzzle pieces along the way, so that's coming up here in a second, but I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, I should also mention that we have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine content from my music career, from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, another great movie podcast that I produce, and anything else I'm up to. So check out the Produced by David Rosen Patreon at patreon.com slash Rosen. And let's get talking about Sheva Baby. <laughs> All right, so Morgan Roberts is with us to talk about Shiva Baby. And Morgan, how's it going? It's going. How are you today? I'm all right. This is actually, uh, I should say, all right's kind of the, the wrong word to use because I am kind of a bit of a mess from dealing with my parents today. So it's kind of perfect, though, for this particular movie. Uh, Absolutely. It, <laughs> it has been quite a day, but uh, I, I'm happy to talk about this great movie, though. So uh, I, it's it's better already. Let's put it that Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anytime that we can talk about Shiva Baby, I think is a, a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, since it's your first time on the show, why don't you tell people a little bit about you and what you do? Well, my side hustle is that I write for a few film sites. Uh, I write for In Their Own League, uh, Filmotomy, and Shuffle Online. And then I recently started a podcast called Untitled Cinema Gals Project, where uh, me and my friend Chels just basically gab about movies and people who make them. and. Um, it's very chaotic because we realize that we are both chaotic Leos um, after we recently did an episode about the most chaotic Leo, which is Jennifer Lawrence. So <laughs> sure. yeah, Cinema Gals is on Twitter and we're also very chaotic over there. So beautiful. Yeah, I, I guess it's good to uh, 
identify your niche, you know? So that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Chaos is our niche. Absolutely. So yeah, Shiva Baby, this is a movie that I've been looking forward to for a while. Is this one that had been on your radar uh, for a while? I know it kind of got its first premieres last year. Yeah, I remember, I think it was at South by Southwest mm-hmm. that it premiered and I was seeing a lot of really positive reviews about it. And um, it does also have Molly Gordon, who I think is kind of like a hidden character actress. Sure. And um, after her tiny but very fun role in Booksmart, I was like, oh, I'm excited to see her in this other film sure. that might be interesting. And yeah. it certainly was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she's great. I'm I'm always there for uh, awkward Jewish comedies with Fred Melamed in them. So that's that's a big draw for me as well. Um, but yeah, th- this is definitely something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, definitely did not disappoint. I'd say let's start jumping into some puzzle pieces right away, and we'll get more into uh, you know everything that happens in this movie and what it's all about along the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you got for your first puzzle piece? Well, the first one, I kind of went based on like the religious aspect and it, it is, I'm saying this as kind of the overarching thing because it is not a Jewish religious film, but, um, yes, God, yes, is kind of another film that I kind of felt that if you watched both of these back to back, you could have both Jewish and Catholic guilt at the same time. (laughs) Sure, sure. And so I kind of, it's very interesting watching, uh, you know, seeing two films about women exploring their sexuality Mm. and what it means to be a woman and owning your prowess and your body. And um, yeah, so that was the first film that really came to mind as I was watching it. Yeah, that, that's a great pick to to kick it off with here. Um, yes, God, yes, is a great movie, and uh, like you said, it's like it's kind of like a another side of the coin for this, mm-hmm. for like another kind of person from a different background, just also dealing with with those exact same kind of issues and trying to navigate that. And it's like it's all multiplied by the age factor. Like when when you're in that age age range, it seems like everything is a major issue, and then you multiply religion, you multiply family. You just all those things kind of add up to just so much awkwardness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it is just about very awkward finding yourself while also having this very precocious security of who you are. I always find those to be very interesting things for people to hold. And I felt, especially with our main character in Shiva Baby, that she was kind of more moved along in that process than Natalia Dyer's character was in Yes, God, Yes, at that point in time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she definitely has uh, more understanding of herself, and, and mm-hmm. even though it's all still messy at the time. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on to uh, my first piece, and th- this is one that I actually hadn't seen until just recently. It's a movie that I've been wanting to watch for the longest time, and I finally got around to it just earlier this week because I kind of knew it might work as a puzzle piece for this, and sure enough, it definitely does. Uh, And that's 2015's Cresha from Trey Edward Schultz. Um, Another movie that 
uh, while it goes in a very different direction once uh, things get going, ends up being much more about addiction and things like that. Uh, but at least for the opening, the first uh, act of the film is so much about the just awkwardness of spending time with family and of just being thrust into the situation of almost treating family gatherings like a horror movie. And it's like such a, a a funny point of view to have, but such a real point of view to have that I think a lot of us can really relate to in a lot of ways. And yeah, while the movie definitely goes in a totally different direction as it continues to, uh, to grow with its story, uh, just that whole thing of family gatherings as this thing just filled with awkwardness and cringiness and just uh, give you the shivers just thinking about it um I, I think it's a really great pairing with with shiva baby well i'm not familiar with that film so i am definitely going to be checking it out because i did really enjoy shiva baby and if it has kind of that anxiety that your family brings out the best <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. then i think that that'll be like a perfect pairing I, w- I will say, word of warning, though, it is a very much darker cousin to this mm-hmm. uh, Shiva Baby. So, yeah, things, things get a little uh, a little dark, but uh, definitely, I think, goes really well with it. Um, but what do you got for your next piece? Um, so my next one is a film called Pink Skies Ahead, and it's only premiered at, I want to say, the AFI Film Festival. Um, but it is the directorial debut of writer Kelly Oxford. And mm-hmm. the film covers a lot of anxiety as well as anxiety brought on by your parents. Mm-hmm. And since watching Pink Skies Ahead, I was like, oh, I don't think that I'll ever watch another film that perfectly captures like just what anxiety feels like. And then I watched Shiva Baby. So um, <laughs> that kind of you know, gave me a companion piece to that film much sooner than I had anticipated. It sounds great. I, I hadn't heard of it. Uh, I, I'm assuming it just it just premiered, so it probably hasn't gotten a full release yet. Yeah, it will eventually, I believe it was bought by MTV. So okay. I hope that that means sometime soon other people will get to feel the utter anxiety of <laughs> yeah. that film and can uh, just do a back-to-back anxious Yes. Totally, totally. Well, I, I think I think uh, anxiety is probably a uh, a theme in movies right now, and part of that, at least, I, I think, could be uh, tracked back to a start with uh, a movie called Uncut Gems from the Safdie Brothers, which uh, talk about Jewish anxiety. Uh, it, it is just. Uh, this this thing that just starts and doesn't let up, and it just piles on and. And there, there's a certain thing that they do, which I know is uh, can, can be tracked back to like like Altman films and, and things like that, where everybody is just kind of talking over each other, and that all adds to that anxiety. And mm-hmm. at, at the Shiva here, that that the most of the movie takes place in in Shiva Baby, um, there is just so much going on, and you along with uh, the main character of Danielle, it just 
you never can quite get your bearings, never can quite figure out where to uh, pay attention to, which kind of keeps you on edge the whole time to where you are kind of just as lost as she is trying to navigate this situation. And it is quite an awkward situation. And uh, the stakes are kind of high for her, but in a kind of almost... Uh, I don't want to say silly because it, it is, you know, it's a real uh, situation that she's in there. But at the same time, you kind of like think about it and you kind of laugh because of how just crazy it is that this would, you know, happen to this poor girl. And similarly with Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems, I mean, it's a very serious situation, but you're just kind of laughing the whole way through because it's like, God, what he has gotten himself into. And uh, that feeling it just they never let up on it and they just keep it going and going and growing and growing in that anxiousness yeah i think uncut gems was kind of a really good catalyst for the what if we just sat in anxiety for 90 plus minutes yeah i mean especially because it it really was unrelenting the whole time and it's not one of those films that um i watched in theaters which is good because i needed i had to get up <laughs> time to time because i was like i don't have i don't have anything to soothe me right now so i just have to walk away and yeah you gotta squeeze like a stress ball through the whole thing or something mm -hmm. yeah so yeah those are kind of perfect companion pieces oh yeah absolutely well what do you got for your next piece um so my next one i decided to kind of go a little bit on the nose with which is uh the film disobedience Mm -hmm. which is also about death and it takes place in a far more conservative Jewish community mm -hmm. um, as well as the fact that it does center on two women who are in love with each other played by Rachel Weisz and Rachel McAdams, which is like, you know, call me by your name 2.0 kind of thing. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I kind of felt like it was, I mean, it's much darker than Shiva baby, but um, it kind of is, the what would happen if these people were way more repressed and way less funny um, <laughs> that that's a that's a really good way of putting it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's a great movie and uh yeah it, it, obviously things get a lot heavier in that film but definitely i think comes from from a similar place like you said the the kind of repression but it's like here the these people aren't necessarily and and we should add just, you know, obviously piecing it together as a after show, people should have should have seen Shiva Baby before this, but uh we are we are talking about the uh the bisexual nature of of the main character mm -hmm. and the fact that uh a girl that she has been really good friends with in the past and in a relationship with in the past uh is also at the Shiva and that is just kind of adding a whole new layer of anxiety to the whole situation for mm -hmm. her. Yeah, and I think, yeah, because disobedience does have also similarly to childhood friends that were in love with each other meeting after the death of someone. Um, in this one, it is no one's father, but it, it does kind of bring up the, you know, when you're with old friends too, and you start to like fall back into your old patterns. Sure. And I find that also very interesting in both films, especially with Shiva Baby, because there is so much happening and she's trying to balance so much. And then to have this added situation of like, oh yeah, my best friend who I'm also kind of in love with is yeah. here too and might find out about things in my life that I don't want anyone knowing. 
Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I will say, um, the performances here are just so good because they really do feel like two people who have this long, rich history. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't get specifically backstory or anything like that. We're just kind of thrust into this one Shiva situation other than the, uh, prologue scene, but you just get like, you know, these two people and their relationship by the end of this movie, just based on their interactions with each other at the Shiva. Mm -hmm. So I will go on to another piece here. And I mentioned this one in our uh, trailer episode where we um, uh, looked at some upcoming trailers, including this movie. And that was just for the trailer. But after seeing the movie, it definitely applies. And that's Darren Aronofsky's mother. I I just feel like this movie, the feeling and it, it mostly comes from that score because that score mm -hmm. is what really connected me to it with, with the trailer. And that score does continue through the film. And it just is designed to absolutely keep you on edge the whole time as things just ramp up in just weirdness, craziness, the anxiety we've been talking about this whole time. On top of that, there's just that feeling of like personal space being invaded by, by family members. And it's like, you know, you, you love your family. Of course, we all love our family. Uh, well, most of us, but, um, <laughs> you know, you get into these situations though, and it's like, there's so much overbearingness and I don't think that that's uh, specifically for, for Jewish people. I think that's for a lot of different people that, that feel that. But when you feel it though, it's so palpable, even though everybody means so well. And that's something that like with mother, um, you've got all these people that are making their way into the house of Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to get into a long discussion of what happens in Mother and what it all means, but just that feeling of of having people around you in your home or in the place that you're currently occupying, and it just makes your skin crawl when there's too many people around and they all want a little piece of you. Mm -hmm. No, that's like a perfect comparison, because I think the thing that resonated most for me with Mother was um, her shouting at people to get out of her house. Yeah, <laughs> And with Shiva Baby, you know, the way that she fights to, like, create space for herself in this, like, continually encroaching environment is, I think, one that a lot of people can identify with. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's something that we've been kind of talking about here is just so how many factors are at play within mm -hmm. this scenario. And really, it's like you're just showing up to a shiva. You're, you're at this this family event because somebody died. And, you know, you just show up, you shake hands, you say hi, how you been, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it shouldn't necessarily be that big of a deal but then when we we deal with the the sugar daddy guy is there we deal with haven't seen all these family members in so long we deal with the the girl who she used to be in a relationship with is there and she hasn't seen her and didn't know she but there's just so many levels and layers and they all just add on top of each other and just make it so much more yeah and then of course like his wife shows up and then yeah. mom is trying to get danielle to you know work for her sugar daddy's wife and girl boss style girl boss style <laughs> and there's just like every time you're like okay i think we've reached the highest stakes now they somehow find a way to top it every single time and yeah i think that that's kind of especially like at a shiva or i know like i've been to funerals that have essentially just been surrogate family reunions 
Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you have all of these people here who have seen you. I think anyone who knows you before the age of 25 should pretend that they didn't know you before the age of 25. <laughs> and so you have all of these people that have known you your whole life in this tight space. And you're trying to continually escape from it while also wanting to be there because you're slightly interested. You know, you're just as nosy as your mother was probably at that age too. So you sure. still want to know the gossip, but all of a sudden you become much more entrenched in everything. So, and you just know that if you, if you slight one person or like just give mm. them w- one minute less than what they expect out of you, they're going to go and talk about that to everyone else. And it's just, you're, you're just so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a bit much. That's oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Uh, So my next one is also slightly on the nose is um, This Is Where I Leave You, which is also about a Shiva, also kind of a humorous film. Um, As someone who did not grow up Jewish, I did not know what a Shiva was. And this was the movie that introduced me to, you know, what what that is and what that can entail. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think it's a it's another good piece where it's inviting you to be like, okay, we are shoving a whole bunch of people who are in mourning together and then expecting them to be performative in front of everyone that they know. Um, And I find that to be a really interesting aspect to, especially like Shiva's funerals, those kinds of family gatherings where it is someone has died and we are expecting people to sit there and also talk about, you know, Oh, I'm going to law school. Oh, I'm, trying to get my life together. Oh, I am. Who are you dating? Who are you dating? (laughs) Who, you know, are you, you're so skinny, eat food. Oh, you're a vegetarian (laughs) now. Let's, let's talk about that. So I, this is where I leave you. I think is uh, another film. It is far more focused on the family than the community, which Shiva baby, I think is much more about community and how that's almost like a, version of a family Mm -hmm. but i think that they i mean obviously they're both about shivas and being around too many people at once yeah absolutely and and it's it just goes to show like that a lot of uh a lot of these family related events they all carry with them Mm -hmm. such a such a similar level of of performance anxiety in a way you know where you just you have to be on the whole time and it it shouldn't it be about the person who died but no it's 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 about you you know Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) so weird uh well i'll go to my next piece Uh, another one that was briefly touched upon in the trailer episode that's curb your enthusiasm the tv series with larry david which everything just comes from a place of awkwardness and cringiness and it's something that has kind of come up already here but it's the the idea that even though you have no ill intentions something is going to be misconstrued as as either uh you know awkward or that you meant the wrong thing or just somehow it's it's not going to work out with everybody somebody is going to be offended somebody is going to turn things the in, in the wrong direction w- within conversations and it's because there's just too much happening there's just too much happening all at once and 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 Larry you know he he always kind of means the best but you know he always ends up getting himself in trouble somehow just like Daniel does in this Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times where I was like, okay, please, I feel like I know what you're going to say right now. 
please don't say it. (laughs) And then it was so much worse than what I had imagined. And that's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of those things where you, just like in a horror film, you're sitting there with like the covers over your head because you're just so uncomfortable with the inevitable awkwardness that's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably one of the most anxiety-producing shows out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's perfect for that kind of a thing. Uh, but what do you got for your next piece? Uh, so for my next piece, to be more on the nose for myself, uh, I chose <laughs> the TV series Fleabag because I think that that one is kind of another one where it is so much about the awkwardness of existence. Um, because I mean, Fleabag somehow finds herself in all of the wrong situations. I think one of my favorite episodes is in, um, season two, where she is supposed to help her sister with a, you know, like a women's award and she's like, Ooh, shiny award. And she picks it up and promptly breaks it and then has to (laughs) like try to fix everything. And I just kind of felt like that level of, okay, I'm going to try to fix it. And then I've now somehow made it worse. And now I have to fix the thing that I now just made worse. Um, Cause Danielle finds herself trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be cool in this situation. And then completely just implodes everything that she had been trying to hold together. And I really kind of like watching very messy women <laughs> both kind of sabotage themselves and then also get themselves back on track. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting using that as a puzzle piece, I think is great. And I, I think both of these characters are great examples of like these different kinds of like feminist characters who just balancing mm-hmm. what what it means to them personally, but also, you know, uh, fitting into some kind of a box with society, which is just impossible is never going to happen. You know, there's just so much there that needs to be balanced. But it's it's just a uh, it's a situation that really shouldn't have to be like people should just get to be who they are and that's kind of the end of it and I think that that makes for such an interesting character someone who's just caught in between that whole uh, dynamic yeah absolutely so I will go on to another piece here I'm gonna go with. Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird, dealing with that strained relationship between mother and daughter. Such a great movie, such a, a, a perfect portrait of two people who mean so well and who love each other so much, but just drive each other nuts. And, uh, you know, the, the main character, Danielle and her mom really, really are driving each other nuts in this movie. And it just, uh, I I think it feels a lot like if the movie was more focused on just the two of them, it would, it Mm -hmm. would feel a lot like a, uh, a Jewish ladybird in a way, (laughs) but, but, um, instead we get a a whole lot of other people to, uh, be awkward around. Mm Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I am a giant Ladybird fan, so I uh, think that that's a fantastic piece to the puzzle. Awesome. So, what do you got next? Um, so, what I have next is the HBO miniseries Angels in America, because okay. um, mainly like the first scene of the miniseries and play focuses on. A funeral and it is a Jewish funeral and uh, one of the characters Lewis in Angels in America is gay and mm-hmm. his partner comes with him to this funeral and he's like oh 
you know, you're Lou around your family, but you're Lewis around all of your friends. And um, I always find that really interesting of people having to make sure for their own safety that they put on a persona for family or a different kind of community. And in Shiva Baby, we kind of see both that as well as the attempts to combat it a little bit more than were combated in Angels in America. Cause I mean, that's, it takes place in the eighties and um, yeah. So I think like with uh, Danielle's character, you know, we understand that she is bisexual from the very beginning uh, based on very snide comments that her mother makes. Um, (laughs) But it's done in a way that is still very much of like, I don't understand this. This doesn't quite make sense to me. I'm going to let you do it. But I also don't feel comfortable with you doing it. And just kind of that unspokenness with it was a very interesting part to the film. Yeah, sometimes I think that 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 makes it all the more harder to deal with uh, for for somebody if the parent is, you know, kind of half understanding, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, but 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 with the snide remarks and the backhanded comments and just all that stuff that goes with it, it just makes it all the more complicated because it it just drives you nuts. Mm -hmm. Just the no funny business with Maya kind of thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like you know, what does funny business to you mean? Because if it was a male friend of mine, I don't think that you would be saying no funny business with, you know, with Lewis. So. (laughs) Well, I'll go on to another piece here. And this is actually my last piece. um, Although I I, I would just throw a serious man in there as a bonus piece, but uh, we mentioned that in the trailer episode as well. But I'm going to go with a scenario that's a little bit different than what happens in the film. Obviously, this character comes to a fork in the road where, you know, life is going to be different going forward uh, because of the events of the film. And uh, if it had played out a little differently and this character had ended up pregnant and that was the reason for the change, well, then I thought of a different character that this character's journey would have reminded me of. And that would be Jenny Slate in Obvious Child. You know, it's obviously a different story, but the kind of character, the kind of point of view, the kind of worldview that Jenny Slate and and honestly, Jenny Slate kind of has a lock on that kind of character. I mean, mm-hmm. she is so she's so great and she's great in a lot of other movies where she's kind of maybe a f- couple steps removed from from that person. But uh, I just thought as as a character, this main character reminded me a lot of of what she does. I, I guess you could even just say Jenny Slate in general, but I figured Obvious Child as the puzzle piece. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's perfect because Polly Draper is in both Obvious Child and this one too. Right, she plays right. The mom. Yeah, I think like the whole Jenny Slate aesthetic, especially if you've watched her um, stand-up special on Netflix, Stage Fright, kind yeah. of is so much about like, here are all of my crazy anxieties for the whole world to see. And I'm going to put a bow on it so that everyone <laughs> thinks that it's okay. Yeah. I think that we see so much of that in, in ship a baby too. She rules. Um, <laughs> so do you have any more puzzle pieces? Honestly, I think the last one that I had was, is a very old film called eulogy, which mm-hmm. I think was maybe one of the first films that I saw about a funeral that, kind of took the dark comedy approach to this is what death is. And this is what happens when you throw a bunch of people who don't 
really talk to each other about serious things into a moment where they have to talk about serious things. And right. um, yeah, it was it's kind of like the introduction to any film that I have seen since then that deals with death. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of like eulogy um, mm-hmm. because it's just about coming to terms with finality piece, which I think Shiva Baby ultimately is a little bit about. Mm-hmm coming to terms with finality um because we see daniela multiple crossroads and at the end of the film she's kind of clear on where she's heading with some of those so yeah it's you know it's not all gonna be uh easy it's not all gonna be great but it's like she knows you know that Mm -hmm. this is kind of a fork in the road here but yeah as far as uh eulogy is concerned I've, i've never seen it but um just it's interesting that this movie, it, because it's obviously a a thing that's been done before as far as like setting movies in these kind of family events. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of them are in these puzzle pieces, but there's other movies that have obviously, you know, taken place at a, a funeral. I'm sure plenty more at Shiva's that I maybe don't know about, but it's such a different take when you get this voice that is interested in... Um, just that level of awkwardness and then also dealing with this other story of trying to balance all these different levels that, that this character is dealing with. I, I just think that it's a uh, an interesting take on that kind of thing and shows that you can kind of come up with a very different story in a very familiar setting. Yeah, absolutely. I also, what I've also really appreciated about Shiva Baby is the first time you watch it versus the second time you watch it, it's almost like two completely different movies, even though you're watching the same one. Cause mm-hmm. first time you watch it, you're just entrenched in all of her anxieties. And then the second one is kind of where you really pick up on the humor a whole lot more because you're like, yeah. I know that this is making me feel anxious. Oh, here's this funny part where, you know, Maya says something cracks about their prom night. And then a man is trying to leave the room and she goes, Ooh, sorry, Mort. And it's just so funny or all of them crammed in the car trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to get all of these people in one vehicle and get them all home kind of thing. It is so hilarious. But the first time you watch it, you're just like, oh, my gosh, is something else going to happen? Because we haven't stopped yet. Yeah, well, so. you're you're waiting for for them to find. I mean, if nothing else, you're waiting for them to find out about the whole sugar daddy situation. <laughs> like, you yeah. just think that's going to pop off in the middle of the whole thing, and it kind of doesn't. Yeah, you're waiting for Kim to essentially just like blow everything up and either let there be a tender moment between Danielle and her mom, or you know, to leave it as like a cliffhanger thing, and that never really ends up. The person that she talks to who needs to hear more about it is one person and no right. one else has to learn about it. And I think that that's also very interesting, too, that because you do you wait for her parents and a random neighbor who is sitting in the back seat with you and your best friend to learn the most intimate parts of yourself. And it doesn't feel the need to take it there. Right. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to do the finished puzzle here for Shiva Baby and read down the list of all the movies we just talked about. Uh, We talked about Yes, God, Yes, Krishna, 
Pink Skies Ahead, Uncut Gems, Disobedience, Mother, This Is Where I Leave You, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Fleabag, Ladybird, Angels in America, Obvious Child, Eulogy. So, yeah, I, you know, I think we were just kind of getting into some closing thoughts there in the end there, what we were just talking about. But is there anything else that we didn't quite cover along the way that you wanted to bring up about uh, Shiva Baby? Um, I mean, obviously, definitely do more than one watch with it. And I think I'm really impressed with this film. I mean, it was shot in a very tiny location in 15 days. And I think one of the things that you can tell in a lot of the performances is just how much they believed in the story and what they were trying to capture. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really kind of magical when you're able to get all the same people on the same page in an almost like ragtag group. And also maybe let's not keep casting Diana Agron as all of like the super Christian girls because she is <laughs> very Jewish and should right. be able to also play Jewish women when she wants to. So, yeah. So true. <laughs> so uh, true. <laughs> well, you know, to, to that point, I, I would say my, my only other closing thought is uh, just the whole cast. I, I don't know a lot of a lot of these people, but a lot of the smaller characters have like little one note funny bits like there's so many little funny bits in the background one that kind of stands out at me is when the one guy just leans in really really tight and asks if there's a a window in the bathroom just like oh my god do have i like seen that play out at a family event before it's like so so many funny little things from these little side characters who maybe only get a scene or two but they're all just gold in this and so yeah I, i just think it's just a great ensemble here that they've put together and uh you know, of course, the the main characters are the main draw, but just a lot of really funny stuff to to see going around. And uh, yeah, great, great movie. Um, but yeah, th- I think that about does it for Shiva Baby. I- is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, so I did watch quite a few movies over the weekend, which doesn't normally happen. And I finally <laughs> watched The Father, which was excellent. Oh, yeah. So... You know, had a really lovely Sunday morning just being devastated by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, there you go. That That's that's a way to start the day for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but yeah, a- excellent movie and great recommendation there. So uh, yeah, th- this is great, Morgan. Why don't you tell people again where they can find you and everything you're up to? Yeah, so uh, the best place to find me is uh, at Cinema Gals on Twitter. And uh, if I release pieces over on in their own league you can be following them at their league on twitter as well awesome well thank you so much for joining me for this one really happy to have you on the show and uh, maybe we'll get you back again one of these days would absolutely love it we're queer we're geeks we're queeks Superheroes, Star Wars, Broadway, Drag Race. So if you're super gay, super nerdy, or anything in between, listen to Queeks today. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. And find us on Instagram at Queeks Podcast. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Shiva Baby. Definitely check that movie out if you haven't yet. I hope you did already, of course, because we get into the spoilers on Piecing It Together. So you should have already watched the movie, but... 
Make sure you watch it if you haven't yet. And uh, it was recently announced that the director and main star of Shiva Baby are making another movie together. So I'm very excited to see how that comes out. But uh, thank you to Morgan for joining me to talk about it. And I'm sorry to Jason Harris for not having you on the show. Uh, Jason, who you know from Awesome Movie Year, was originally going to be my co-host. But I just thought this episode needed a female point of view. And so I told Jason we'll get him back for another episode soon so uh jason i look forward to getting you back on the show and uh yeah so if you enjoy what we're doing here on piecing it together make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and if you really like what we're doing you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts or Podchaser. and if you really really like what we're doing you can share the show with all your friends and let them know about piecing it together. That is just the most awesome thing. And of course, there's also the Patreon I mentioned at the top of the show. You can subscribe to that. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And whenever we cover a Jewy movie like this one, I like to play a track from my Jewish comedy group, Fakakta. And I'm going to play a track called Nice Jewish Girls. So let's play Nice Jewish Girls and uh, don't look for the rest of the album because it's incredibly dirty. And really, I should take it off the internet at this point. But, uh, you know, it's out there. I can't stop you. So enjoy it. And uh, we'll be back for more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
chicken, you piece of bacon That's not kosher, but neither is all that heartbreaking We be doing when we screwing these unsuspecting fans that wanna do it Cause we're in a Jewish comedy rap band I take the shiksas for sexist Jewish girls for the head Plus I love the way they ass is shaped like challah bread I be telling them lies and all kinds of highs arise I get up in between their thighs and give that shmundi a try I'm not a bad guy, I'm just trying to get them in bed and make them feel good from their toes up to the doily on their head and I never got complaints from a Jewish girl or a goy plus their parents always think I'm such a nice Jewish boy uh nice Jewish girls West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.